From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Chris from Third Wave. Chris, it's really nice to have you on. Hey, nice to meet you, Brad, and thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. I'm excited for today's discussion. So, Chris, to kick us off, can you tell me a bit about yourself, as well as your company, and who you guys are and what you're doing? Sure. So Chris Milan, CEO of Third Wave Business Systems. We are a consulting firm that works with SAP Business One, which is a ERP mid-market financial accounting system. It helps you run the business operationally as well as around the financial statements. We work in specific industries around consumer packaged goods, wholesale distribution, retail, and discrete manufacturing. And then we have written some tools some products within the SAP toolset for credit card processing, for container management, for shipping and EDI to help really round out those industry solutions that we want to have for our customers. And then we've also written some no-code products called Versago and BizWeaver. And those are, think of them as web portals that you can use for customer supply chain portals that could also be entering time or information into the one through a more of a HTML5 web browser apps. They can do it on your phone or your iPad. And then BizWeaver does a lot of the integration work. So workflows with integration. So you can integrate to any solution or any systems that you have running into B1, but really work with anything that's out there. And we can make those integrations through workflow happen automatic for you. Very cool. That's awesome. So what's your story? What landed you at the spot of wanting to be in this space and working on this stuff? Yeah, it's the strangest road to how did you get to be, a, you know, in the ERP consulting world, right? So I came out of school with an accounting degree. And back when you're looking for careers, I didn't know. And I was like, wow, being a consultant would be cool. I didn't even know what that meant back then. So I ended up working in public accounting at Coopers and Labyrinth, which became PricewaterhouseCoopers, on the audit and tax team and doing a lot of that work and got a call from a headhunter and said, hey, we'd love for you know you to come and be a controller in this development construction property management company. And I went over there and implemented a new accounting system. So a new property management construction software, really liked doing that, like really enjoyed that part, like worrying about the process, you know, the um, SOPs, right? The uh, standard operating procedures and writing all that up trained the team on it, loved it. Then I ended up leaving and going to work for Laidlaw Waste Systems and was corporate controller for four or five landfills and a hauling station. They needed a new job cost system. So just did that at the old place. And when we went to go look for a solution, we picked a solution, happened to be a friend, didn't even know he was doing this. He was actually in the industry of consulting ERP. And we bought that solution and implemented it. I did a lot of it on my own. He was like, you should just come work for us. Like you really you seem to be gravitating to this. And literally was, that's how I jumped into it. It was literally that. And that was back in 92 and have been in the industry ever since working with lots of different ERPs around my career. But that's kind of how it got started. It's the end game I wanted to get to, but I didn't know how to get there. And it just naturally happened. So that's, I don't know if that's yeah. a really good path for anyone to follow. <laughs> that's really cool. I love it. So. Let's talk about growing a company. So you came into this company. Sounds like you're really taking it to next level and all that. What's your plan in terms of tactics, strategy, stuff you're getting in place? I think you're telling me about some of the things you're doing and all that. Would love to just hear more about it. Yeah, I don't think there's any magic bullet for figuring out how you want to grow a business. It's just what works for you. I do the basic blocking and tackling around what are we good at? What are our industries and our customers telling us that we're good at? and really trying to gravitate towards that and then making sure that you have the right solution building some ip like we've done 
to make sure that we've got it rounded out so we can tell a good story. I like to tell stories. I'm a big fan of when you're talking to a potential customer is to really spend the time to like, hey, we've worked with companies just like you and here's what we've done for them and solve the same pain points that you're going through. Like those stories really resonate and I think that's really important to do that. Um, so that's part of our growth strategy, but then it's just scaling the team to where you need it to be because the one thing that you have to be super careful with, and I've had the bumps in the road on this, is growing too fast. You got to grow at the pace that your company can handle, right? Your team can handle. So making sure that you've got everything in place and the systems in place and the processes and the right resources on the, to make sure that you can grow at the appropriate level. Too fast is very painful and it is very hurtful to the business. I've been through that a couple of times. It wasn't like we were planning on it, but it happened. And when it does, I think it's more stressful than not having sales. I feel like growing too quick, I think the stress on the team, it does hurt your existing customer base. So there's some lessons learned there on you don't want to upset that apple cart because your customers are so important and they're hard to get. So taking your ball off that eye because you've got all these new projects that you're working on, you're not really supporting your customers. And I've seen lots of partners do that over the course of the career of doing this. You just have to be super careful because that's can be more painful than you really realize until you're there. I think for me, it's being very strategic around making sure the team's got what they need. They're empowered to do their jobs, to do great work for customers, build that structure out, and then trying to go into a controlled growth, right? You can, sometimes you can't control it, but there's things you can do to help that so that you don't get over the tips of your skis. And then that becomes very difficult because now you're hiring like drunk sailors, that's not great because, you know, you're going to get some people that maybe you wouldn't have hired, but you're like, I'm so busy, I don't care. And that's a terrible place to be in the business because you're not getting all that you're used to because you always want the right people on the bus, right? I'm a big fan of culturally, they have to be a great fit and they need to be on the bus and then you got to give them the right seat. And that's making sure that happens in a proper way is really, I think, simple blocking and tackling, but I think sometimes in the heat of the moment, you forget that because you start to get desperate. So Absolutely. You know, make sure that, that doesn't happen. I completely agree. Whenever I've hired someone and I was like, I don't know if this quite, person's quite a fit, we got to find somebody and let's just yeah. hire them. It always goes back to blaming. So. Well, I always go back to this wise man at a couple of jobs ago that said, hiring is like a marriage proposal. A maybe is a no. Yeah. And I try to, remind myself of that when we get our group together when we're hiring and we go around the room and if someone's kind of in that maybe then it's a no for that candidate and you got to be selective and picky exactly yeah there's always some small thing that it's like ah i don't know but maybe we can just ignore it and then right. later and then on, what happens you get there six months later and go oh my gosh that little thing we ignored and said we could probably push through it is the reason why we're going to have to let that person go Exactly. And then you, you go through all the costs of that. You probably could have found the right candidate if you just kept looking a bit longer. Yeah. And it gets costly, right? That's a very expensive hire. That's a mishire. Exactly. Yeah, great strategy for growing a company. I think someone else told me, nail it before you scale it. And yep. you know, I think it's it's so important versus just growing all costs and everything's kind of chaos. So, right. But as long as we take risks and we take small calculated risks, and I think those are fine, right? Because you can, you can pivot quickly if something isn't working and you need to do that quickly. It's like if you try a new strategy or you're trying to go after a new maybe industry or you're trying to do something a little bit different than you've done in the past, that's fine. If it works, great, scale it quick, right? If it doesn't, quickly say it doesn't. Let the team know, hey, we made a mistake, this isn't gonna work and pivot to another direction. As long as those are small calculated risks, 
I'm not a big boom guy that's going to go, we're going to go do this now, and we have no basis for that, and that's a terrible recipe, so I try to stay away from yeah, that. Absolutely. Now let's talk about like marketing, content, all that stuff from a CEO perspective. I think this is something you mentioned, you're getting in place. Where do you start in terms of people and what to do and what to focus on and all that? Everyone wants that golden arrow in marketing and there is not one and there's not ever a new idea. There's no one's creating a new idea in the world. Like it's an idea that someone took and just made it work for them. I truly believe that is the way the world works. But I think you just need to look at your channels. And again, I go back to the customer. What does our customer profile look like? Where do we really shine? Because that's where I want to market, right? Because I want to do good work for the customer and I want my team to feel empowered and make sure that they can do good work for the customer, right? So, you know, I look at that first and based on that, then I'm going to look at how we're going to build out our industry strategy. So we're going to use obviously LinkedIn. We're going to do ABM campaigns. So Twitter for social as well. We're going to do some general marketing out there for branding with the website content, making sure SEO is working the way we want to. I'm a big fan of intent data as well. It's not cheap, but I think there's some value there if you know how to dial that in to make sure that you can score properly. But it's all about MLs, right? Marketing leads, getting them in, and then having a good team around that process to take those MLs to SQLs. So there are, I have a history of all the conversions from, from marketing leads to marketing qualified leads to sales qualified to sales qualified ops, right? To wins. So that metrics has really not lied in the 25 plus years I've been doing this. Like the metrics ebb and flows a little bit with different team members over the years, but at the end of the day, it stays within a pretty small margin of error on those conversion ratios. And that's where you really manage the metrics to make sure that you're doing everything right. Because you need to pivot in marketing as well, right? That campaign didn't work. Why didn't it work? That webinar was terrible. Why did we do that? This one worked great. Let's do it again. And let's repeat that. So it's all about seeing what's working, but you got to try a lot of stuff because you don't know what's going to resonate with the customer. Keep changing that message and evolving. And if you don't evolve, I think you're sunk, right? You have to keep evolving in this business. For sure. Great perspective. What's one thing you wish you would have known when you first became a CEO that you know now? So I think, you know, when I think about that, that question, it really comes down to, I wish I would have controlled some growth that we have done over the years that was maybe a little too quick in different places where I've been. And I wish maybe we would have controlled that a little bit better so that we didn't stress the team and our existing customers out. Absolutely. And if you could go back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice, it's kind of related to the last question, what would that advice be? It's a great question. So I would say, I wish I would have taken more risk earlier in my career. I think uh, you worry about your family, you worry about taking on a new role. And I think I, I wish I would have pushed to be a CEO sooner in my career than more towards the end of my career. I think that's something I would tell myself that it, you should take that risk and not worry about taking care of your family. That'll all take care of itself. Absolutely. And as we wrap up, what's a piece of advice for your industry? So think your customers out there, what do you have to say to them? You know, I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to take risks. I would say that making sure that you have the right solution and continue to invest in your people and continue to invest in the community. Well, we have too much of stealing from each other at times because resources are hard to find, especially specifically in the ERP space. They're very specific resources. We need to build the community and hire kids out of college and train them up and build more of a pool of resources in the market that raises all the votes up. So I think if we were to build the community up more and get more talent into the industry and not try to grab 
other people that are experienced that are out there and try to help us all build up, I think that will help the entire community go to the next level. Absolutely. Chris, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today and sharing all your wisdom and insights. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Brett.